Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. To be in your presence. What a privilege to think about what you have done for us and what you can do through us. We're believing this week for radical transformation to happen in us and through us and in the communities that we're servicing. Speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. You may grab a seat. Can we give the band a hand? Thanks, guys. Phenomenal. Had to take my jacket off. It's an interesting time of year, isn't it? When it's 10 degrees when you leave home and 20 degrees when you get back home again. You dress for winter when you leave the house and then you realize it's summer when you get home. <laughs> so I love these days. Who loves getting out their old autumn winter clothes? Discovering some things you haven't worn for about six months. I'm just putting a positive spin on winter. Come on, guys. <laughs> Work with me. Work with me. <laughs> Those jeans you haven't worn for a while because you've been wearing shorts all summer. It's, um, it's Vision Builders Week, uh, so I want to kick off by explaining to you what Vision Builders is and, and what we do with it, and then I'll move into talking about uh, the inspiration behind it. Um, so Vision Builders is our vision fund. Uh, we ask people to consider giving to this fund each year. Uh, as a way of helping us achieve the vision of this church. And that is particularly focused on two types of activities. One is the purchase of buildings for our locations. Uh, that it, uh, Vision Builders has enabled us to buy this building, which is now worth nearly $2 million, uh, but we only have, uh, we have now a mortgage on it of less than a million. So that's because of Vision Builders. <clears throat> And, uh, and then the other aspect of Vision Builders is we raise money for reaching our communities. Uh, we love and believe in the communities that we feel God has led us to. Uh, and so we give for the transformation of our communities through Christ. Uh, we, you'd call it mission, I guess. We call it sort of fetter, going beyond our walls. Uh, and the wonderful thing about these days is that we're increasingly able to give more and more away. Uh, and, and we'll continue to be able to do so as we reduce uh, the costs on the buildings we have. Uh, so by reducing those costs, we can give more away. By raising more, we can give more away. So uh, I've got the wonderful privilege of being able to announce that uh, by the end of October, just to explain, our Vision Builders year runs from the 1st of November to the end of October. We're asking you to consider giving, uh, not in a one-off moment, but pledging over the course of a year, uh, and so by the end of October, we will have raised approximately 107,000 euros. Amazing. That would usually attract a, an applause. That's right. Wonderfully. Beautiful. Spontaneous. Uh, just so then, my, my role is then to let you know what we have done with that. So we have, over the last year, as I said, we've been reducing our debt on this building, number one. Number two is we've been also investing in some of the costs of 
a redevelopment of this building, and you'll hear more about that on Friday night at our Vision Builders night out, including some sort of uh, you know, optional drawing plans of what it could look like and so on. So it's worth coming to on Friday night to get more information on how we're going to redevelop this land. Um, it's gone into a funding our C3 Care service, which is our Friday lunchtime outreach service. We're seeing a lot of people saved through that service. We baptized, uh, I think, five people from that service alone this year. Um, so it, it's highly fruitful, and, it's, and we, we're giving away clothes and food, and it's because of your giving. Um, our love projects, that's where we put on acts of love in the community. Uh, we gave 1,000 euros to Almira's Youth Culture Fund uh, this year as well. Um, see, uh, t um, church planting is deeply at the heart of what we do with Vision Builders because we believe that it's the planting of churches that is the most effective way of reaching people. Uh, God is going to reach people more effectively through his church than through any other means. Uh, and so we unashamedly put a reasonable amount of our giving in to this. So we've been supporting uh, our new church in Edinburgh, newish church in Edinburgh and Nairobi. And, uh, and you'll hear more from those churches on Friday night. Um, we've also been able to help our church in Arnhem get their location in Nijmegen started this last three weeks. Um, we've been giving into uh, C3 Church in Malmö, south of Sweden, uh, uh, just, in fact, just this last week. And also, we gave a gift to a church in Den Haag uh, this last week as they celebrated their fifth anniversary. So that's the generosity of you guys that does that. And we continue to support Compassion as an organization, which is into sponsoring children in underprivileged situations. And as a church right now, different people are sponsoring children. We're sponsoring up to around 50 children right now. And, uh, and we as a church together are giving into compassion projects. That is to make the, the, the schools uh, that these children go to uh, more attractive. You know, uh, these, are, these are projects that help invest into the ministry of compassion. So that's what we've done with the money. Uh, this year, our goal is to raise 120000 So uh, already what we raised last year was considerably more than the year before, and we're pushing it up further because uh, we have the potential this year to give away a, a lot more than we've ever been able to give away before. So if we raise that, what we can achieve will be as follows. Again, continuing to pay off the mortgage on this place. Again, the, the costs of... Uh, some of the um, logistical, administrative costs of, of the redevelopment of this place. Um, we will begin the search for a building in Almira, for our Almira campus. Uh, now, we won't be buying it this year, but we will be in the process of looking around the city at what there is and deciding what type of building we want. So it will be the, just the early stages of looking at that investment, which we hope to bear some fruit in the next three years or so. Uh, continuing to invest in C3 Cares and Love Projects in Amsterdam and Almira. Um, we'll continue to invest in C3 Edinburgh and C3 Nairobi and other church planting and in Compassion. But what we're going to be able to do also is begin to plan our next location. Um, and so we will be putting money aside for a third location in the Amsterdam area. Um, we're not sure yet when We'll achieve it. That's largely due to people factors, not money factors. But wouldn't it be awesome to be able to start that location 
uh, with something already put aside. We started our mirror with nothing. Wouldn't it be amazing if we ended up in another location and we needed a PA equipment, we could just buy it straight away. What we will do with some of that money immediately is invest in upgrading our live stream because uh, we connect um, into Almira once a month by video and occasionally by live stream. And as we increase our locations, live streaming is going to become increasingly important. We've got a great team of preachers, but it doesn't matter how many preachers you've got, ultimately to uh, stay on one page and be one church and reach more people, live streaming will help us stand us help stand us alongside our preaching team to make sure we're really achieving what we need to achieve effectively. Uh, and so this will help our mirror immediately by upgrading our live stream capability. Uh, it'll involve having to brighten the, the backdrop here. It may look bright to you, but when it's on, on video at the other end, it's not so bright, it's black. Uh, so upgrading some things here, our ability to transfer uh, video into stream capability, the technology needed for that. We'll need another laptop, eventually another camera, and, and so I won't bore you with, no, I don't know what all the other <laughs> technical things are, but just so you know, there'll be some hardware involved, which will set us up and put us in place for expanding even further and get our online campus going as well. So if you're ever traveling away or like so seriously ill you can't make it to church, then you can join us online, which is, uh, I've done it once or twice, and uh, when I've been traveling, and it's just a wonderful thing to be part of my family when I'm actually not present. <clears throat> so there we go. That's what we will do this coming year with that. So be here on Friday night. It's going to be a sensational evening. Uh, it's going to be a, anyway, wear your, wear your casual chic. You don't need to dress in suits and ties, guys, girls. You don't need to go out and get your cocktail dresses. Just whatever you love wearing in your wardrobe, come bring it, and we will talk about the plans for the coming year and present what we're doing. Fantastic. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 10, Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to look at uh, one of the more um, well-known phrases that Jesus uses. Some of you will know this phrase, others may not, but let me introduce you to it. Um, we're going to look at Matthew 10, the whole chapter. All right, I'm going to read three verses, but you're going to go home and read the whole chapter. This is homework for you. Uh, so you get the context here. But just so you know, the context is this. We have the disciples. They haven't been around Jesus long. Uh, they uh, don't really know a whole lot, but Jesus is already saying to them, I want you to go and uh, take what you know into the villages and the towns around. That's your purpose. Now, they were so new in all this stuff, I can just imagine Thomas going, Man, Jesus! I what do you mean, heal the sick? What is heal? Can you please explain that again? I know what sick is. What do you mean, heal the sick? And I mean, this is how green they were. This is how new they were to this whole thing called following Jesus. It was a brand new adventure. And I think this is deliberately why Jesus did it there and then, because he wanted it to remain fresh and alive and an adventure and an excitement, because when there's a mystery attached to something, there's a, there's a sense of anticipation and, and, and a faith required in us that isn't there when we get so experienced with something. And so he was drawing them out real young, real early. I'm saying this because some of you may be going, I've just become a Christian. What's all this? You know, you're asking money for vision builders. I, I, I'm new to the church. And, or 
I, I don't, I'm new to vision builders. And, and I get that. Uh, but right here is the similar situation where Jesus is going, I know you're new to it all, and I, I, but there is a call on your life and there is a purpose for which I have made you and, and your purpose is to go and uh, be an influence in the community and you don't have to wait until you've been to Bible college and, that you've, you know, and you're, you're, you're mature in, in all those ways. You can go now. And so he says, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority. And then in verse Seven, he goes on to give them instructions. He says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received, freely give. This is the phrase I want us to look at for the next 20 minutes. Freely you've received, so freely Give. I've called the message transformed people, transform people. Transformed people, we freely receive transformation from heaven. Our role is to freely give, go and transform others. Transformed people, transform people. It's the theme of this year's Vision Builders. Transformed people, freely receive, freely give. I don't know about you, I'm grateful for what I've freely received. I'm grateful that people prayed for me. And for that reason, I now know Jesus. I'm grateful for the first church I ever went to. It was nothing like this, but I'm grateful for it because it introduced me to Jesus. I'm grateful for the handful of people that I could, could name to you and say, well, it's because of these guys I'm here today. They invested in my life. I'm grateful for them. I've received something that has shaped me and transformed me. I'm, I'm grateful for the moments where I felt weak, but Jesus has been my strength. I, I'm grateful for those moments where I've had nothing, materially, resources, and I've needed something, and, and Jesus has provided for me. Anybody grateful for what you freely received? He, he, God is such a generous God. I remember the, um, the time Lisby and I, newly married, walk into the church we became part of, which became a C3 church uh, 20, uh, 25 years ago. Um, and uh, in, that, in the first few, first few months, maybe the first, particularly the first two or three years, it was like a revolution to us. It, it became a revolution in how we thought, became a revolution in, in uh, our, our sense of purpose in life. And I, I found my mind being transformed. I found the way I spoke about myself being transformed. I found the way I dressed transformed. I found my marriage transformed. I found the topic of giving being transformed. Uh, because just as some of you may get that moment where you go, is he talking about money again? Which, by the way, we don't talk about money that much. Um, but I know what it feels like sitting there feeling like it does because it's touching a nerve in me. I, I've, I've been there. I've sat there. And, and yet you've got two ways you can respond to that. You can either repel against it or you can go, I'm going to push into this and let that irritation in me, like an irritation in an oyster shell becomes a pearl. I can allow the irritation to turn into something from heaven that's beautiful and reformed in me and transforming my life. And that's really what I want to talk about is the power that loving people and the power of giving can have on transforming you so you can have what it takes to transform them. I, I remember that moment. And uh, I know many of you will have come into church and, 
And this is the thrill I have as a pastor, is seeing this same process happening for you. I look at you and I, I see that same change going on. We're going, yeah, this is changing the way I think. I, I, I feel better about myself than I used to. I, I, I'm seeing the Bible in, in a way that is meaningful to me now. I, I get a sense of purpose in life. Uh, I, I'm different. And that's what you would call the benefits or the, the offerings of, of the house. We love what the church has to offer us because we get the benefit of it. Now, I want to help you take another step beyond that or, or further in that, and that it's not just to love what the church offers, but to love the church. And you know when you love something because you sacrifice for it. I, I, I don't just know I love my family because of feelings I have or because we have the same surname. I love my family because I'm prepared to sacrifice for them. And I have sacrificed for them. You know, if, if it was a tight month and it's, a, it's between whether I go shopping for me or Lisbeth goes shopping for her, it's, she'll win every time for many reasons. Uh, or, you know, if it's a, there have been months where I've gone without so the kids could have. And, and so I know that it's not just gooey feelings inside that, that proves my love. It's not the... Uh, will this work in the service? It's not just the chazelic experience in the soul where, I, where I'm lighting candles deep down in my soul and that place of beauty I, I, I feel when I think about my kids and my wife. That's, that's wonderful. I love those feelings. But that's not the proof of my love. The proof of my love is am I prepared to sacrifice for them? Will I give something up so that they uh, get what they need in life? And, and that's really the test. And that's really what I'm asking you to consider. If you're not at that stage, would you step up and say, do you know what? It's time I move from just loving what the church offers, and that's amazing, by the way, that's why we exist, to going, I don't just love what we offer, I love the church. I love these people. I love you. So, I saw... I don't sacrifice for a building. I don't sacrifice for a concept or a philosophy. I sacrifice for people. That's why I sacrifice. I, I preach in other churches, and, and, and I love it because it's part of my call, and I, I love pastors, and so I love encouraging pastors and, and all of that, and, and I love helping churches grow. But I don't love the people. Uh, you know, I'm not going to lay down my life for them. It's somebody else's sheep. The other pastor can do that. I love you. <laughs> I'll lay my life down for you. I will give up something for you. And I can't wait when I've been away for a weekend to be back here the next weekend because I love being here. And that's not necessarily because we've got a nicer environment or because our worship is better. It's not, it's not anything to do with comparison of performance. It's just simply I love you. I love the communities we're working in. I love the people we get to do life with. Yes, just yesterday, I love my neighbors. Uh, we're blessed with great neighbors, and I, I, uh, I was hearing two of my favorite neighbors talking with each other in one of their gardens, and I thought they were doing some work in the garden, so I, I just shouted over the fence, hey, do you need a hand? Just as an excuse to go and see them, really. And, and, uh, and so they go, no, we're just finished. And I went, well, I'm coming over anyway. So I grab my coffee, and I go over. I've just been playing squash, and I hadn't yet had a shower, so I'm stinking. And I, and I, I take my coffee, and and we get talking in the garden, and, and, and they go, oh, do you want lunch? It was like three in the afternoon. So I had just, just eaten, literally just finished eating. 
And uh, I went, oh, I've just eaten. They go, oh, just you know, stop anyway. So I went, of course. I was planning to stop. That's good. You don't need to ask. And, uh, and then I'm sitting there. And, and then, of course, when food is in front of you, you begin to participate. So anyway, we participated and had a wonderful afternoon. Why do I do that? Because I love people. Why would you do that? Because you love people. I love Amsterdam Sadoost. I, I, I love Almira. I love, I love Amsterdam Nord and, and Amstelveen. And I love all the places you live in. I love all the people of the places you live in. I love this area. I, I feel so privileged and uh, I, I feel so proud when, when I meet with other pastors and they go, yeah, my, my church is in you know, Sheffield or my church is in uh, uh, London. And then I get to say, well, my church, <laughs> my church is in Amsterdam. And there's always a stir when I say it, and I think it's about the way I say it. Uh, and they go, oh, wow. I go, yeah, wow. You should meet my people. I know Sheffield people are good people, but you wait until you meet my people. In fact, you better not meet my people because you won't want to go home. My people are the best people. I'm not just talking about you. I'm talking about all those people out there too. I love my people. And so God calls us to, to go into all the world. He calls us to go and heal the sick, go and love, go bring transformation. Why? Because we have freely received, so we should freely give. And in that process, you will find it won't always be easy. Surprise, surprise. Some of you sitting here today hurt by the fact that you dare to love. Some people would have said you loved too much, you gave too much, you went over the top. No wonder you got hurt, no wonder you got rejected. And I'm here to tell you, don't, put, don't, don't pull back just because you got hurt. Push in because it's worth the risk. Loving will always be a risk. It's always a risk to love people. And there's no guarantee that it's going um, to pay off. There's no guarantee that it's going to be easy. There's no guarantee that they're going to love you back. And yet we're called to love. And yet we're called to pour our lives into them. It was not a waste that you poured your life into their world. It was not a waste that you gave into them. It was never a waste that you devoted your life to them. The fact they hurt you back didn't mean it was a waste. It just means we've got a hurdle now to get over emotionally in order to move on and risk again. And so don't pull back in church just because you've been hurt once. I'm encouraging you. In fact, I'm, I'm challenging you. Step over that and push forward and give again. Love again. Dare to trust again. I can't guarantee we won't let you down, but we will, we will try and love on you. And I know you will try your best too. Let's love each other. I love what Ferry did there with Peter. It is right. We do it together. I'm inspired to give because you give. You're inspired to give because I give. We do this together. In fact, I give more because I hear about some of the stories of your giving. And you give more when you hear stories about how I've given. We challenge one another to rise higher. Our lives are better because of it. I want to read you a story of, uh, of a couple in our church called Remy and Rebecca Lewis. And this is what they say. They said, last year's Vision Builders Night out happened at a time we had just recently joined C3. We were new and didn't feel like we belonged yet. That night we discovered C3 had a much bigger vision and a much bigger dream than any dreams we had ever heard. That stretched us, that stretched us and stirred something inside of us, so we decided that we would give an amount every month. We kept the pledge card to fill it in at home, and we agreed on an amount. That Sunday, during the service, both of us felt God was asking us to give more. We weren't sure we could afford it. There was a sense, though, that we were taking a risk committing for a whole year, 
but we were reminded that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. We had a desire to call C3 our home, and so we decided to stretch by tripling the amount we had agreed upon. We did it in faith, believing that as we invested in this house, our heart for this house would grow. Today we both uh, volunteer and feel like C3 has become our home. We were able to fulfill our pledge and never felt we were lacking anything. We have experienced an amazing love and support from the community as we have gone through some tough times. And we can testify of God's faithfulness in fulfilling his promise to give us a home. That's what happens when you give. You, in the process, get transformed. You get connected into the people you're called to, and you get connected into the mission of those people. If you give in this place, you get connected to this place, and you get connected to the mission and the vision of this place, which is to go and reach and transform the communities we're in. And those communities will continue to expand, and our reach will continue to expand. There's no limit to it. Don't think, well, we're at this stage now. It's a limitation. No, a limit. there is no limitation to what God can do and what he will do through us. As we begin to connect in, your heart gets transformed. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so there is a process that happens within us where as you begin to stretch and as you begin to give, you get transformed because of the ways you think. To think about anybody else other than yourself will immediately deal with some issues in your world. To begin to go beyond the comfort zone will immediately begin to deal with something in your world. And it's not just a one-off process. I get challenged every time I come to give. And it messes with me sometimes. And I end up having to deal with aspects of my nature. On one hand, I have been at times sensitive to condemnation. And so I feel sometimes that I want to give all of this money, can and then I feel bad that I can. I have to deal with that emotion. But that's a good thing because I become a better person for it. Christ continues to reform me and change me on the inside as I get challenged to give. On other occasions, I, I, I feel like oh, I've decided this is what we can afford, this is what we do. And then God begins to speak, or I hear a story from someone, and I go, oh, that's too small. I need to go further. And that challenges me again. Will I trust him? Will I, will I trust the bungee line of faith? Or, or you know, am I going to free fall again, or am I going to live in my comfort zone? Uh, and I constantly find it's a process of transformation in me. And there's a reason why we get changed in this process. One of them is called um, delayed gratification. Uh, a test was done called the marshmallow test uh, with young children uh, where they put young children, I think um, uh, five, six years old, in a room on their own with one marshmallow. And they were told, if you, uh, if you, do, you can eat this marshmallow or if you do not eat this marshmallow until I return, you will get a second marshmallow. Who wants the results of this test? Children who were willing to delay the gratification and waited to receive the second marshmallow ended up having higher CETO scores, lower rates of obesity, better response to stress, better social skills, and generally better scores in ranges of all other aspects of life and business. What about that? Simply by learning the discipline of self-control or self-restraint. When you say, I will not buy these shoes 
but I will help someone out with this money. When you say I will not go on this holiday, but I will give it to vision builders. When you say I will delay upgrading my car because I'm going to help this person out. Or if you say, well, I don't need the car, I'm going to give it away. Lisbon and I have given two cars away uh, at moments in our lives where we were way less able to than we could now. Why do we do that? Because there comes a point where we know that the discipline of obedience and of, of delaying gratification has huge uh, physiological, sociological, mental, and supernatural and eternal benefits. When you learn to delay what is your need and give it towards somebody else. It's a sociological uh, thing we need as a church to reinvent for today's society because there is there's seemingly less control now, self-control now, and a greater sense of self-orientation than ever before. Or not maybe ever before, but in recent history at least. And so we need to learn the art again of selflessness, of, of, of posting uh, of other people's activities and achievements rather than our own, of, of giving toward other people's purpose, not just our own, of providing for other people's needs, not just our own. And, and now you can see why that is so good for us. Then the other reason it's good to give us, and the other reason it changes us is, is the stretch. Who hates that stretch part when you go to the gym? It always feels so unnecessary. <laughs> what a waste of five minutes stretching. Why don't I just get on with the activity? But stretch is good for you. It keeps you agile rather than fragile. It keeps you flexible rather than your muscles seizing. And, uh, and you, ne you need to warm them for them to stretch because they will stretch and tear, then repair, and then you've got a bigger muscle. If you're interested in bigger muscle, bigger muscle will help you be more useful. You will lift more. The same in our spiritual world or our, 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 our soul world as you stretch your spirit, as you stretch in an area of your life. So yes, it feels a little painful. It feels like it's tearing. I've had moments where it literally feels like my muscle's tearing when I'm lifting something. But I know it's good for me. There's no gain without pain, right? But that's true in every area of your life. You will never grow financially in the way that God could bless you with if you don't learn to stretch. And you'll never grow in delayed gratification unless you learn self-control. You'll never learn to grow and expand your soul capacity and, and, and your social impact capacity. I'm telling you, we as a church have so much to offer in terms of sociological transformation in our community. Unbelievable. The church is the answer to every sociological problem. But we are only the answer if we become who Christ needs us to be. And church is like a melting pot. It's like you get thrown into this, this pot and then the heat is turned on and, and someone offends you and you've got to learn to forgive and someone encourages you and you've got to learn to receive it and, and someone challenges you to give and you've got to learn to give and it's like, oh my gosh, I'm stretched on every side. But it's good for us, Right? It's like we're being melted into something more pure and, and more Christ-like in the process of, of doing life together, doing church together. And so it is blessed for us to, we've been blessed to receive, but for the purpose that we would freely give. The first thing Zacchaeus did after he received salvation was to give his money away. Interesting thought that a transformation on the inside of him resulted in him wanting to transform on the outside. I wrote this in the introduction of the Brochure. Did you all get a brochure on your way in? On the way, oh, you get it on the way out. This is a Vision Builders brochure. This will tell you everything you need to know about Vision Builders and some wonderful stories in there and a card 
which you can do a pledge on, which we'll take up next Sunday. Um, and uh, I wrote in the introduction there, one of the most wonderful things about committing to Vision Builders is how it causes us to grow as people. That change in us, that growth and transformation is in turn becoming a blessing to the community around us. And here is why. How it goes in us is how it goes in the immediate world around us. Our give, giving defines who we're becoming. Your giving will ultimately define the person that you're being transformed into. And so I encourage us to activate this thing called giving. 2 Corinthians 9.13 says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. What's this saying? This church was, at, uh, Paul was praising them for their giving, their generosity. And he's saying, your generosity will lead to others taking notice and praising God. That, that, is, that is my desire. I, the, our generosity, and I've got to tell you, the people around the world who point at this church and go, these guys are amazing, these people are wonderful. That's because we are, we are a generous church. And that causes us to shine in ways that other things won't cause us to shine in. And, and so people go, wow, God is in that place. Because that transformation has been happening. And so Lisbon, I'm deeply grateful for everything you've given and all you've done. Over fifth, this is our 15th Vision Builders. And in that time, we've managed to purchase this building. We're now in a position to be able to redevelop this building. We've been able to um, plant churches uh, around this nation and in, in London. London is a direct result of, of what's happened in this church. Uh, and, uh, and we've been able to start community projects, outreach service like C3 Cares. There's so much we've been able to do over the years. Um, we were trying to calculate how much money we've given away. We haven't come up with that figure yet, but a rough estimate is probably somewhere between 150 and 200,000 euros. Um, but that's, be that's because we've decided to be community changers. So I just want to read you as we close um, three stories that inspired me uh, that are direct benefits of Vision Builders. This is the story of Leo, who comes to our C3 Care Service on a Friday. He says, I didn't trust, I didn't trust them at first. Um, does this face look untrustworthy? No. Okay, I didn't trust them at first, but something in my heart told me to give them a chance. I decided to visit the C3 Care service. It was an amazing experience. Aveline gave me some clothes to bring home for the children. When I came home, the children were ecstatic about what the church had done for us. So I asked my girlfriend, Melissa, to come with me. She believed in God but didn't believe in church. It took a year and a half before she would finally join me. The service was nothing like anything she had imagined. Whenever we go to church, now we experience joy for days. <laughs> Every single time I feel that God wants to speak to me. I'm trying my best to become a better person. Everything C3 Cares does is almost too good to be true. That's a transformed life because you dare to be a transformed person. Robert and Sylvie Winnemiller in our Almira campus, they both found Jesus in that uh, location, both got baptized in that location, and just two weeks ago, they got married, and they say this, C3 Almira campus is like a family to us. Our lives have changed completely in a positive sense. Mercy Mwenda, uh, who is in C3 Nairobi, was invited by a, uh, someone who was already going to that church, 
was invited uh, to go on, uh, and this person who invited her said, if you don't like it, that's fine, deal is over, you don't have to come again. So she thought she'd give it a go, and she said, um, Sunday came, and I attended the church with my whole family. It was like a breath of fresh air. I felt loved from the very first moment. Everyone was so friendly and loving, and the best part is that you could tell they were not faking it. It was truly genuine. Since I came to C3, my life has been revolutionized. Three beautiful stories. Come on, why don't we just celebrate just for a minute of all those, all those stories, because there are many, many more of those. Many, many more of those. As I come to a close, this is what happens when we're generous. Something in us dies that needs to die so that something else comes alive, something of heaven, something Christ-like comes alive and we begin to change history. Those things happen because of sacrifices. Those things happen because people say, I don't just love what the church offers, I love the church. When Jesus sacrificed, he became the Savior. When Abraham sacrificed his hometown, his homeland, and went out on a, an adventure having to trust God, he became the father of a nation of God. And when Elijah, Elisha sorry, sacrificed his business, his farm, Elisha, to follow Elijah, he became a voice, a prophetic voice for the nation. When the apostle Peter sacrificed his fishing business to follow Jesus, he became a pioneer of one of the first Christian churches. Sacrifice will always shape us into who God is intending us to be because something has to die for something else to live for us to change history. Can we close our eyes? Jesus, we want to thank you for all that you've given to us. so generous it's just remarkable your grace that goes on and on and we just thank you we're grateful but Lord I pray right now you'd help us position ourselves for more of what you want to do in us and through us there's a deep desire to see our communities change communities around this this uh, city of Amsterdam and and beyond. There's a deep, deep desire to see the love we have for these people and your love, which is greater than we could ever imagine, to be poured out. That we would see thousands of lives changed. There's no limit to what you can do. So Lord, this week I pray you'd speak to us, you'd challenge us, we'd just say that we're prepared to place our lives on an altar. So you would continue to cause something in us to die, that something would live, that we may be history changers. We thank you in advance for what you're going to do this year. We declare this year will be a year of expansion and multiplication and increase of reach. Pray we reach more people than we've ever been able to before. See more people find Christ and 
would open doors for us of future services and locations. Right now, we know something has to die for something to live for us to be history makers. And I, I know there are people here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life. And he's done just that. He died so that you may live, so that you may become who you're called to be. But it took him having to die for you. However great your life is, it can't be what God has intended it to be without Jesus as part of it. Maybe you're here today and you've been away from him and you need to come back to him. You're just unsure whether you're going to heaven. I, I'm going to pray for you right now. If that's you, if you've been away from him and you need to come back to him, this is for you right now, this prayer. So just while every eye is closed, if that's you, if I'm talking to you, in just a minute, I want you to raise your hand, put it back down so I know who I'm praying for. If you've never asked Jesus into your life, or you're coming back to him today. You just want to be sure you're going to heaven. You know I'm speaking to you because your heart is pounding and your mind is doubting. Many of us have been through that situation. But that moment you say yes, the doubts go. The hesitation disappears because you know you did the right thing. There is a voice inside of you calling you to come home to him. So if that's you, could you just raise your hand to me, for me right now? Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just going to wait one more moment. Jesus. If you know I'm talking to you, come on, while every eye is closed, could you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you right now. Beautiful. Okay, whether you raise your hand or not, if you know this is for you, please pray this with all of us. It goes like this. Everyone pray it with me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past. I give you my life. Live in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Give me your power. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for all these people. pray your power would be on them right now. I pray they would know that your presence is... Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.